right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney here with McLean, Jay, and Tom. Uh, we are recording this on Tuesday night. Sorry for the small delay in recording. I was uh, I was fortunate enough to get the COVID vaccine over the weekend, and it knocked me out, boys. Just flat out cold. So um, I appreciate you guys rescheduling and our listeners hanging in there for another day. But you know, when you're a daycare worker like myself, I'm an essential worker, so I was able to get the COVID vaccine <laughs> over the weekend. Dude, I'm getting it on Saturday, the same one you got. And after talking to you, I'm scared to death. Well, you know, if you talk to my wife, I'm a gigantic uh, P word. So <laughs> well, I'm joking. Like, I, Is it early? I We're holding back sick. now. Well, Tom got a call this weekend from his mother saying that we were using foul language too much. So I was going to try to clean it up for at least the first few minutes if she listens. So it's strange. I apologize. <laughs> It's my mother's fault. She gave me my dirty mouth, so you can blame her. Love you, mom. Love the shit out of you, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I was in bed a lot of the weekend, which happened to be great timing to watch a lot of the players' coverage. I was not faking it, Lindy, in case you're listening, which you're not. So she's not. No, let's let's not joke. So uh, JT, Justin Thomas is your winner at the players' Thought it was an exciting weekend. Always a great event. Course looked amazing. Uh, really, really good. I don't know if I've ever seen it look that good. Played under great conditions. JT with a maybe the best ball striking round I've ever seen on Sunday. Not to mention going 12 under on the weekend. Someone said he, I think he was one over with like three holes to go on Friday outside the cut number. Birded a few holes coming in, makes the cut two under, and then goes. Shoots 12 under on the weekend, but uh, Sunday's round was incredible. He missed one fairway because he drove it too far through the fairway on 15. And then he missed that stupid little wedge on 18 after getting a little lucky uh, with that ball not going in the pond. That was amazing. That ball did not go in the pond. I had no idea how that ball stayed out of the water. When he hit it, I was like, oh, uh oh, that's wet. We got, we got action. It. You could see it. I mean, oh, like, it looked like a snipe toe hook. I was like that. I, I was sitting there watching with my son. I was like, oh my god, he just dunked it in the water, dude. That's what it was, Jay Bird. It was a he, that that was a five way that rolled sixty some yards. That was a. Oh, he's he said he smoked it though. He just overcut it, over overhooked it. He said he smoked. It. I mean, he hit three hundred fifteen yards. I mean, look, I'm gonna listen to him. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously hit it solid, but regardless, it definitely got a little closer to that left side than he wanted to. People can say that he overdid it. I don't think he planned on it to go that far, quite frankly. I mean, he's probably not sitting there thinking he's going to hit three with that far. And if it doesn't release that far, it's a normal 285, and he's 15 to 20 yards from the left side of that rough. Um, But he did smoke it, and, well, he did a lot of other great things that week. What happened to that hole? That used to be a, you know, driver and, what, like mid-iron? I mean, I remember guys hitting five irons in there and stuff. Well, guys are still now, they're hitting, I mean, Paul Casey has all hit an iron off the tee. He's not long enough to not hit another mid to long iron in from there. I've played that hole. That's one of the tightest fairways I can remember playing. I mean, that's an intimidating tee shot. Very intimidating tee shot. David Faraday called it this weekend an anorexic banana. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he called that fairway. I thought that was great. Only from his mind, right? I mean, it's the redneck... uh, definition of driving it up a Nat's ass. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys hitting a lot of different clubs. I think there's very few drivers on that hole nowadays. Uh, I was rolling out pretty good. 
the ball's rolling out pretty good and you know they're all juiced up and the ball's juiced up and the clubs are juiced up and distance is a problem right big or time. no is it yes or no i'm still on the fence on that one but um no you got a hand in jt it was good to see him you know he was pretty open and honest after the round about some of the demons he's been facing and just not being in a right headspace with all the things going on in his life so uh it was good to see him he's he's one of my favorites on tour and so i was I guess I was rooting for him. I was really rooting for anyone but Bryson to win. It would have been awesome to see Westy get it done. It's hard not to like him. I know I wouldn't say I was a huge fan of his, you know, 10, 12 years ago, but that's changing kind of watching him now. I think the new demeanor, the new attitude is, has helped. But um, yeah, probably. He's, he's just, likes to come from a hunt story. I mean, well, especially West. a guy who's going up against Goliath. I mean, the last two weekends, he's been David. Wait, who are we talking about? Lee Westwood. Oh, shit. I thought we were talking about somebody else. Never mind. No, but the... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, the guy's in the game. There he is. There's Tom ADD. Can't focus at all. But, hey, I mean, seriously, though, in the Sunday morning, the final pairings of the last two weeks, we do have a David and Goliath, and Lee Westwood was that David. Um, now, granted, it didn't work out for him either week, but I almost said it right there. I almost said it. With that being said. I almost said it. Um, but he has shown that great ball striking and plotting your way around the golf course still makes you competitive when you're on the right golf course. Now, there are some golf courses where the distance is going to be by far and away the advantage, but I think it has gone to show that this argument that is so in your face in the world of golf right now with the distance argument. Uh, it, I don't think it's as prevalent as it really is. If we're on the right golf courses, distance and um, uh, I don't know the best way to say it, but a more traditional approach to the game still equals the very similar score. And Bryson did not win this week. Uh, Justin Thomas did. And Justin Thomas is not the longest player on tour. Now, iron play short game. The guy's going to be really hard to beat. But regardless of which, I don't think it's. I think it. I think it lessens the debate over distance a little bit. I mean, I, I really does. I think it really does. So on Lee Westwood, though, like that, name another player in the history of golf that's had the career he has. And, and what I mean by that is just, I mean, top of the world, losing it all and getting it back, and and, and it's just, it's like, you know, the roller coaster. Through, it's amazing. It's it's a uh, Steve Stricker. That's a good point. Yep, very good. If I had to think of one. If I had to try to think of one, that's, no, that's a great yeah. one. Yeah, Thomas never really won. Really, it. never really won the big one. You know, had a lot yeah. of potentials. Once a lot of events, but never won the big one. Although I didn't realize Lee had only won two PJ Tour events. Yeah, but twenty something European Tour events or 20? yeah, it's like twenty five. I think. Yeah, I mean, very 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 how many times you win that player in the world? I mean, he was ranked number one player in the yeah. world. That's right. I mean, that's and then to little, little, I mean, he fell outside what, like the top, you know, thousand or whatever. I think I was ranked ahead of him at one point. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. But it goes to show how hard it is to maintain for such a, a, a long career. I mean, the I want to know the percentage of players that are able to play from their 20s all the way through to the senior tour and then go to the senior tour. I know we have some guys out there that have come back after taking a couple of years off in their forties, but I, I'd love to know the amount of players that are able to just, just make it all the way through. I mean, I, I feel like that's a very, very small number and it's, it's hard to do. I mean, quite frankly, we could list them right now. I mean, it's that small. 
I agree, man. Jim Absolutely. Furyk. Jim Furyk, my boy. Shout out, Jimmy. Phil Mickelson. Yep. Um, which we're talking about two of the greatest players in the game. So let's be very clear. We're talking about a very, very small bunch. And the fact that Lee Westwood is ranked, what is he up to now after the last two weeks? Does anyone have a current update? It's got to be inside top 30. 14. I just made that up. Be a lot cooler if he was. I think yeah, he's probably like 25 to 23. Um, can I get a stat check? That used to be my job, but I'm kind of. Yeah. Isn't that your job, stat boy? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm falling down on a lot of those right now. How about Bernhard? Bernhard Langer. There's another one. Bernhard. See, there you go. But again, yep, an all time great. An all time great. Mikey, what are he's we number He's number 19 now. So the fact that we have a 47 year old ranked 19th in the world is incredible. And kudos to Lee Westwood. The guy deserves it. He truly does, man. He looks happy too, you know? Uh, it definitely is a different guy than, you know, we saw out there 15, 18 years ago. Guy was raking his own bunker on Sunday. You see that? Yeah, he's got a little different bounce in his step. He's got a little bit, and I think, you know, it could be one of those things where you, he might have gotten humbled a little bit. You know, you make a great point, Mikey, when you're raking your own bunker. When you're hot shit uh, in your early years, few guys do that stuff. I was in the last group. I don't even know why he had to rake the bunker. No one's behind him. <laughs> Look, let's 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 not let's not forget the fact that you know a really good looking younger second wife tends to put a little pep in your step too. You know? <laughs> pep, where else? Imagine that. I mean, she's with him every day. Hey. I think that's got it. I mean, that's got to be tough. In all honesty, like there was a lot made about her. Isn't she? I could be completely making this up right now. Did I hear someone say she's like a sports psychologist? Hmm. Can that. someone, could, could someone confirm that for me? Uh, hey, yeah. Stat Boy, Google that. Jumping on it, jumping on it, jumping on it. Helen, uh, I mean, yeah, she was. She got a lot of. She got a lot of TV time. I think Bryson DeChambeau said that, but he was just speaking ad lib, saying like, "Okay, this is secret weapon." Like that's what it was. Yeah, like the sports psychologist. Uh, I got. See, I was. I was so, groggy. I was. So you know, I was on the vaccine. That, it's absolutely not true. Then, no, definitely not true. <laughs> he just makes yeah. shit up. He just continues to fascinate, doesn't he? So let's let's talk. Let's, uh, let's go back to Westwood and the caddy. I do think, All right, you know, his... I've got it. Hang on. Stat, stat coming in hot. Right up. Fresh off the press. Um, you get in like a couple of days ago, two days ago. Fresh telegraph? off the press. All right. Helen's story. Lee Westwood says having his fiance Helen's story as his caddy is like having a psychologist out there with me. That's so, kind of like what I said. Um, it is. But ultimately, <laughs> to get the facts straight or the stat straight, he said it's like that. Okay. So that's right. where that that's where that sound bite comes from. But still, I think that, that's gotta be challenging. You're pretty much at that person's side forever. Yeah. Like all day, every day. Yeah. You go yeah, lay in granted, bed at night, she's right there. She doesn't give him a lot of help. Like they don't he does all his own yardage. He does all his own um decision making. He she just basically stands there with the bag. Um, but I think it's nice for him just walking from you know T to the fairway and fairway to the green to chat, but I don't know, man. That's got to be tough. Yeah. No offense, Lindy. I love you, but you're going to have her caddying for me. Erin caddied for you a bunch, didn't you, Jay? Yeah, she caddied a bunch. And and it actually worked really well. I mean, I, I I did this exact same thing that Lee Westwood's doing. And she's still, when we, the ter- few tournaments that I play in, she still caddies for me. Um, but yeah, I do my own yardages. And it's actually kind of a, they, they, they make things very simple. Like, you know, I, I, as I'm, you know, going through my yardages, I'll kind of be talking out loud, you know, I'll explain a certain shot and they're just a good voice of reason. Like they don't necessarily understand like the depth of like, 
golf in terms of hitting all these specialty shots and all the strategy, but they do understand when you're trying to hit a really stupid shot. I remember one in particular, we were playing a tournament. I was trying to hit this cut three wood under a tree over the lake onto the green out of the rough. And I was like 250 out. And I was like, like a great I mean, play. Yeah. I was like, I was like, Oh, this lie is not bad. I was like, I could just hit this low, you know, peeler out of the rough under this tree over the, over the water. And like, I mean, I can get on the green, we can make Eagle. And she just looked at me and she's like, that seems really hard. She's oh like, could, I can see her club over here and <laughs> the ledge on and make the putt and make par at worst and, or birdie. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're right. That's, I'm such a freaking idiot. Why would I even try this shot? It's so stupid. Why would you no, do no, that? That's not how you responded. Let, let's be honest. I, I, I actually, that time I did because she, I mean, it was because I was saying it out loud. I was like telling her, I was like, I can just hit this low peeler. Just, I think I can get it right. I mean, I was doing a good job of visualizing, let's be honest, but as I was visualizing the shot, I was just, as I did it, I was like, I could hit the tree. I could knock it in the water. I could top it out of the rough. And I was like, ah, but I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to hit to 15 feet and make an yeah. eagle. But here we go. Strap on. But I did, I pitched it out and whatever. I don't even remember what we did, but it was, wasn't bad. I didn't make, I didn't make a bogey or a double. So but you weren't wet. Yeah. But I mean, well, so to, to Lee's credit, I think there's a little probably a little bit of that, like just a voice of reason, just for him to bounce his ideas off of her to be like, mm, nah, I don't know that much about, you know, strategy, but I do know that that sounds like a difficult shot or this sounds like a you know, easy shot or easy route. And I think it helps sometimes to, to have somebody on the bag. That's not going to overanalyze shit like that. You know, they're just going to kind of give you a real sim- simplistic view. And and I think for him, for somebody, I don't think she did any of that though. Did she, is she talking well, about no, they, they, they were definitely talking. I, they weren't probably going over like shots, but like, you know, if, if he's just talking about situationally, like just yeah. like being in the moment, like, Hey, all right, let's just enjoy this. Let's, yeah. you know, and he's with her that calms him down. Um, he's been, I mean, he's been playing unbelievable. He hasn't quite pushed over the, pushed over that edge. And I think a little bit has to do with his putting, but um, I mean, he's such a great ball striker. Although he putted, he putted great over the weekend. I think I saw he was like third in strokes gained putting. Because he made, he had to hit a four. On, and a half at least on Sunday, yeah, on Sunday he hit the ball absolutely terrible. Well, and, and this is not like, like you said, putting statistically, yes, but like making that putt. Like, what, what putt did he miss coming down the stretch? He didn't. He missed. Did he have a birdie putt on sixteen that he missed, or was it? It was the uh, the par putt. He three putted seventeen. Three putted seventeen, which is a tough putt. But like those, and you see how he just all of his putts are just barely dribbling. He was just dribbling it to the hole. It's like you could tell. Like you start missing putts short down at the end of a at the end of a tournament, you know that you're 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 being cautious. And it's like as soon as he started doing that, I'm like, man, unless he flags every shot coming in, he's not going to do it. He's just he you tell he was guarding against the the mess up. Like he didn't want to run one by and miss a two three footer. Well, I mean, he only I think he was he even kind of said this after the round. He was like just pleased to even be that close because of how poorly he hit it on Sunday. I think he only hit like four fairways. Or five fairways all day. I think he hit nine greens. Like that's amazing. That is amazing. That is a he was he was lucky to be one course. back. Yeah. yeah, it's like kind of along the lines of what Austin was saying. Like it is. It's truly fascinating where some of these guys hit it, and they'll hit you know five fairways around and hit you know ten greens and they'll shoot you know sixty nine. Like if that was me, I'd shoot ninety four. You know, and and kind of. Not hit that, but you know, like think my way through it. So it's just, it's unbelievable. It's, tr- it is amazing how on some of these golf courses they're able to, you know, keep it together. Yeah. 
So going back real quick to having a family member caddy for you, and Tom can lean in on this as well because I know he's been in that situation and probably bigger limelights than I've been. But with that being said, uh, ding. God, God did it. Do you know that do you know that uh a coworker of mine I said that on a call today and he goes, ding. And I was like, and I was like, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, Oh yeah. I was like, oh God, I forgot you listened to the podcast. Jeez. <laughs> Shout out Zilstra. I know you're listening, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Zilly, you guys know you guys Ryan. know Ryan Zilstra. Oh yeah, yeah. There we go. There it is. There it is. So, anyways, going back to it real quick, family member caddy and for it. So I just want to get this in. So my father actually won the Spanish Senior Open at uh, Victor and Sergio's place in Spain on the European Senior Tour with my mom caddying for him. Um, but the funnier part that I thought about, which that made me think about that relationship and having having someone in that uh, in that. Um, position caddying for you when you have a big win but I can actually remember going back and caddying for my pops the first time we'd gone over there um, we go over the first time he gets on the European Senior Tour this is 2005 he had just won Q School I am 17 at the time I turned 18 while we were over there another story for uh, a good story for another time but I caddied for him for five weeks straight and when we got done I did the calculations on how much money he made and I kind of looked at him like alright dad so uh, you know Am I getting, am I getting a check? You know, how's this working out? He looked at me, he looked at me like, little buddy, are you serious? Are, are you kidding me? Like, and that's not exactly what he said, obviously. But he goes, well, uh, how about your flight over here? Uh, how about your hotel for the week? Who paid for your food? Who did this, that, and the other? I remember thinking like I was getting ready to get paid when I got home. I got called my friends on overseas. Man, when I get home, we're doing this, that, and the other. No, he, he literally looked at me like, you have lost your fucking mind if you think you're getting paid. <laughs> You'd be happy you just got to tour Europe for five weeks on my dime. And you, you got to carry my bag in the interim. That's brutal, man. Like I can caddy for you know a friend is is hard. Like I got you know caddy for Jay and you know because a, a close friend is tough because you know you want to help and and you you feel like you're involved in every shot, but like you know caddying for your dad is. I, I, I hated everything. Like I, it was, I loved it, but it was so stressful. I was freaking out more than he was yeah. on every shot. And, um, you know, it, trying not to screw up and, you know, it was, uh, like I'd get done every time and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is hard. I think Westwood, Westwood's cool. He's, he's playing today or he played yesterday as in Monday today, as in Tuesday with his son at Augusta. And then his son's going to caddy for him at the masters next month. See, just that, like Lee is, he is in a good mind frame, like in a good really place good in his life. Mind. Absolutely, and he deserves it. You can just see it in the way he's walking out of fair. Like Sunday, you know, was a struggle, but he still kind of kept. I don't know. It's just it's cool to see somebody rise above it. I think he's going to look really good the rest of the year. I truly do. I think he's in a great frame of mind. He's got a little bit of pep in his step. Um, I think with both his son and Helen being able to caddy for him, I think he's in that he's in that kind of second stage of his career, that second coming to where he's like he's got a new mindset. He's able to put a little family on the bag. Let's be frank. He's not worried about money. The guy's made a, a ton of money. He's doing very well for himself. So he's all of a sudden found a new way to play great, and a new way to enjoy the game. And I think ultimately this guy's going to be uh, he's going to be a contender the rest of the year. And he wears scuba gear while he plays right Tom? still very tight on the clothing it was better this past week kind he, of. he has not taken tom trenchers advice i guess he's not listening to the emergency nine oh, golf i swear man like 
it's uh, him on next week. Can we get him on next week? Uh, look, sure. he, we'll yeah. we'll reach out to his team. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Like you know, hey Lee, you want to you want to join Emergency Nine podcast? <laughs> All right, never mind. We want Helen anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so let's hey, far away not to get him on. <laughs> yeah. Let Let's talk some. Uh, let's talk some Bryson. Um, like I said earlier, I was rooting for Doug Gim over Bryson DeChambeau. We all know I don't like Bryson. It's more about the person than the player. But there was a wild sequence, just a wild sequence that happened. It, it goes with the three players. So they go to Brendan Todd on 17. Oh. A cold shank that almost landed on the flower island with the damn tree. I wanted to see him hit that first off. I wanted that ball land on that island and him have to take a fucking boat out there. Well, <laughs> no, see, hey, if that ball's on that island. He's got to play it. He is has to possible? identify it. So here's the question. Here's the question. Do they have a boat to take you over? Yeah, there's a there's a guy on the TV crew that works over there. There's how, a little rowboat. How deep? <laughs> how deep you think that pond is? I want we got to find it out because it's man made. I bet you it's not that deep. Five feet deep. Three to five. Well, remember who's caddy or who's it? No, it was uh, was it Ian Poulter that accidentally threw his ball in the water when he marked it, and he was like, "Yeah, that was on four though." No, was it one four? Yeah. Okay. Because um, that was deep. That man was down there. When when was that? Remember that time that uh, Stevie dropped the club in the uh, when he's t- caddying for Tiger, and he dropped his his club in the, in the hazard. What? Where was that? That was freaking hilarious. <laughs> even Tiger thought it was funny. That, yeah, even that was a great reaction. Yeah, <laughs> I remember um, seeing but, that happen know, down at the Heritage to Vaughn Taylor's caddy, and <clears throat> Vaughn having to jump into he threw the ball to him to watch the ball. And I don't even think it was on TV. This was early. I was out actually watching. I'm standing next to the green. He throws the ball to um, whoever Vaughn Taylor's caddy is, and uh, it falls into the water, and he had to get in the water. This is at the RBC Heritage. We know at Harbortown, um, there's a lot of water out there on that yeah. golf course. Dude, Vaughn Taylor, what a good what a good dude. What a sweet swing. Wow. I mean, you talk about – And a great putter. What a, an incredible putter. We um, – I'm going to get back on the name drop trail here, but we were doing a Monday qualifier. Dang, down. Dang, where have you been for three weeks? Where have you been? But this is, I mean, this just goes to show that this guy's a cool guy. So we had, we were playing a Monday qualifier and this was, he was playing off past champion status. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, wasn't in that week. And, uh, but we played the whole round, talked quite a bit and it was only a twosome. I think somebody, dropped out, which is not uncommon in these money qualifiers, but we both were not, we're not playing great, but we weren't playing poorly and we both were not going to make, you know, we weren't going to qualify. I think we were both like one or two under and, you know, and these things kind of shoot like six, seven, eight under par. So we get on the 17th hole of this golf course. I can't even remember where it was. I think we're in Florida. Uh, Gosh, it was in like almost Tampa, but um, I think we were qualifying for, uh, geez, what's the, Innsbruck, what's the tournament down there in Tampa? Valspar. Valspar. I don't know. Do they still have that? Yeah. Did that go away? The snake no. trap or whatever? Yeah, the uh, snake trap. Isn't that what they used to snake, snake, snake pit? Copper. Pit. Copper. Snake pit. Copperhead. Copperhead. Innsbruck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we were qualifying for that. And uh, so 17th hole, we're getting ready to tee off to par three. And he's like, hey, man. He's like, can you video this swing for me? <laughs> I mean, we're in a Monday qualifier sanctioned by the PGA Tour. He's like, he's like, hey man, I don't know. Sorry to even ask you this, but can you just video this? I just want to 
I'm going to take this back to my teacher so we can look at this when I get done so I can see what I'm doing on the course. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll video for you. I was like, I don't care. But it was, I mean, he was such a cool dude. He was like, do you, do you need one? I'm like, I don't want you to video this at all. He was like, I don't, I'm going to, I've got a long drive home. If I see this on video, I'm going to throw up all, my, all the way home. So I was like, don't video it. But I mean, what a good dude. I mean, he's been on tour for 20 years. I mean, a, a, another guy that most, most people, probably don't know unless you're a golf enthusiast, but he's won a couple. Yeah. Won a couple times on tour. Incredible short game. One of the silkiest putters you'll ever see from Augusta, Um, isn't he from Augusta? Yep. Um, just a, and a good, just a good dude. Good family, man. Like I'll always pull for him, especially after that day. Anytime somebody asked me to video him while we're playing in a qualifier. I don't know if I'm allowed to, is that, are we allowed to do that? (laughs) Yeah. Look at that ice cube Jaybird's got over there. That's yeah, that that's high dollar shit, man. Well, you know, we've got fancy water here in Palatine. <laughs> I like that. I like you that. Think, so no, you don't. If you got in the water, if you got in the water off 17 green and started walking to 16 green, do you think like you could make it or you'd have to swim? I think you have to I, swim. I kind of want to do it. You think it's that deep? Yeah. I, I, I did a quick Google Probably search. With, they don't have the uh, depth of the feet. Six feet max. But so, I, so the, that whole thing with Brendan Todd was weird. Mike, you'd have to swim, but Tom, you'd be okay. Yeah, I yeah. can't swim. Remember? <laughs> but hey, but Mikey, Brendan Todd, his laugh after the shank was the most. Awkward. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, he was like, in, he thoroughly enjoyed his own shank. It was you know? genuine. Yeah. You know what the hardest shot in the world is? The, the next, next one. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Hey, I think he went to the Mike, drop zone, but I'm gonna put this you, out of the toe. So you said, I don't uh, want to, I don't know if I go to the drop zone. The last thing I want to do after a shank is hit a little 40 yard pitch. Well, they've said the drop zone's a harder shot. Well, yeah. it depends on the whole location. That first two days when it was like back on that back left shelf, it's impossible. Oh, man. But on the yeah. Sunday well, hole location, the, you get a lot of green to work with there. Yeah, yeah but still, you got to get it over that ridge and then try to stop it. And you plant if you land it over there next to the flag, well, it's gonna bounce over anyway. Well, guess what. They're on the fucking PJ tour on TV. They should oh, be able to fucking hit it there. I know. <laughs> it is fascinating though that little bitty hole. What yeah. it really, I mean, what it does. And How I mean, difficult? I mean, I I don't. I mean, I know that putt is fast if you if you miss it short. You know, on that front little tier, but nobody got within six feet putting from that bottom tier. I mean, it was like impossible. Possible. I don't remember it. Maybe these the greens are a little faster this year, but I don't I don't remember it being that difficult in the past. I mean, that was God. I mean, nobody got even close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike, you were talking about, um, if, if Todd had, had hit that little Island over there, is that, do they have that marked as like in play or is that just part I, of the I hazard? don't know. I was thinking that I don't, I could probably go back and watch some video if see if they have stakes on it or whatever that, that might be, I guess it could be if it's in the hazard. Yeah. He doesn't have to go find but it and play think, it, but think about how difficult that pitch shot would be. Say he did land on that. Oh, I mean, it's impossible. Like, I take it unplayable. Six feet to work with to that pin. Yeah. If you hit it past it, you're going to three putt. It's like, yeah, oh, I mean, just- you're, you're probably right. That's probably considered in the penalty area. So he wouldn't have to, you know, identify it and find it. But if it was, yeah, I'd, I'd just take awesome. an unplayable. Hey, How about pal, the cameraman? Throw it back over. How's your arm? Throw the ball back over. <laughs> the cameraman was like, what the fuck was that? You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, so then, like, 30 seconds later, they cut to the fourth tee box where all hell broke loose with Bryson and Westwood. That was fascinating, wasn't it? That was a clear top by Bryson. He says after the round. No, I I saw the video. It was not a top. 
he tried to hit it down into the ground and he did like he tried to hit it really low and he hit yeah, it it's got a top into the ground <laughs> i saw it on slow no, no 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 but he didn't hit the top of the ball he got so fucking steep on it that i'm sorry mrs strange i've said that for it about okay it's passion keep going with it i apologize but he like de-lofted it too much where he said, no, drove he, it in the ground lofted i actually watched it now he did catch it a little bit high a little bit low in the face but he hit it down into the turf. It was not a top. Like I watched it in slow mo, and I'm sitting there going, "How hard is that to do?" I mean, he hit in like three feet in front of the the tee. It went straight down into it, and then deflected and went about 150 yards into that little skipper, wherever that area. Show you, was. I'll show you that shot one day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then Westy gets up there and hits the quacker of all quacker. I was like, "Holy hell! What the hell is that?" No, wait. Did he? I thought he hit it way right. Way right, way yeah. right into the water. Was, was, huge, huge quack. banana, huge slice into oh, the water. Quacker. I thought a quacker sorry, was a sorry. Yeah, quack goes great. left. Quack goes left. Yeah, sorry, I apologize. Yeah, uh, uh, I so I hit it. I hit it straighter than you guys. I was so say, I'm not you sure what you guys call the left and the right. So, but and then Bryson drops it. It hits yeah. a four iron from two forty to go for that green, which is yeah. a green meant for a sand wedge, and hits it like seventy yards right. He then tries to blame the club at the. After the round, I said he had a cracked four iron. I'm huh? sorry. That doesn't make a golf yeah. ball go 70 yards right. No, they didn't make him hit the ball down into the turf uh, from the <laughs> tee box either. How about the four iron? You know that when he got that four iron going for that green, I, I had the flashback of Vandeveld. Remember, you know, like when they see it was just you go. I mean, you're going, okay, here we go. This could get interesting. Yes, this could be a huge number. All right, so let's go back real quick. Let's talk some Bryce. Since we're already on the subject, let's talk some Bryson real quick because this I've been waiting for this moment since I watched this. Floor is yours, baby. Go. I think it was I think it was Friday. I think it was Friday. He's hitting a bunker shot, long bunker shot. And this is the one that Poulter came out and talked about because he called it it got caught on camera or got caught on the microphone, which there's a lot of good things that got caught on the microphone. I can't wait for us to talk about that in a second. But he hits it. And it hits into an upslope and it checks up and it stops. And he goes, Oh, oh, the green softness, the green firmness is just so that was Sunday. No, it wasn't Sunday. That's that's a different round. Um, he hits it. Sorry, Saturday. Saturday. Bunker, it hits it hits just into the green, it checked up, and he goes, Oh, players championship, huh? And it it was one of those moments where I, I was I couldn't believe it because it was like, oh my god, everything that people are saying about you is true. I, I, why are you acting like this? You're in the lead one. It'd be one thing if you're, if you're getting ready to trunk slam it and take off and you wanted to, you wanted to vent a little bit, but the fact that the rest of the field has talked about how great the course conditions were, people talked about it was the best course conditions all year. The best they had seen TPC sawgrass all year or that they've ever seen TPC sawgrass from a course condition standpoint. And we have the leader of the golf tournament complaining because he goes, Oh, I hit such a perfect shot. I can't believe that checked up. Come on, man. It's never his fault, McLean. You know that. Come on, man. So the, just to give you some insight on why these guys do this, I I, I totally agree. I, I mean, get why, a, Jay. No, uh, I, hold on. I apologize. But no, let me just oh, no, 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 I, think I get why, because no one wants the players don't want to blame themselves. Yeah. They don't want to blame the course. They, they don't want to blame themselves. They want to blame any outside feature. Sorry, Jay. Go ahead. I apologize. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I had to get that in. No, you're you're right. I mean, I'm I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just saying that's the, they don't even know they're doing it. It's it's like a it's a it's a this mechanism that they use to kind of keep their confidence up. They're like I'm gonna 
blame anything but myself. If I miss a putt, like Bubba Watson, he blames every his caddy, his divots on the green. It's no one. It's not his fault. And he does this, and he's not doing it to be rude, although it comes across that way. He does it because it's like, if I can blame something else, it's not me. It's not my stroke. It's like something else. And that's a way for him to keep his confidence. That's Bryson is, it does the exact same thing. He does this because he's, he keeps, it's his way of keeping his confidence up by just complaining about something else. It's not him. But again, to your point, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think you've got to be better than that. Like, because you're on the, you're on, you're on the mic all, you know, nonstop. You're leading the tournament. You, you've just got to find a better way to do it because it comes across as being a, a, you know, a spoiled brat, you know, you're leading the golf tournament and you're going to complain about the conditions of the best condition course that you play throughout the whole year, best field other than maybe Augusta and some, a few others, but the course is in perfect condition and you're the guy that's going to complain about it. It comes across, you know, as a, of, of you looking kind of spoiled. So I, I agree with you hundred percent. All I was saying is just like, that's what they use. They do that. They don't know they're doing it, but they do it on, to try to save save the confidence. I'm, I would I I agree, but like on that note, I would probably get in a lot of trouble if there was a microphone on me out there. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm you know, I, I feel like I'm a fairly calm guy, but it's just you, you like you said, things just come out. You don't even realize it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, that was that was it was it was fun to watch. Um, but it was kind of over very quickly on Sunday. I felt like I mean. Yeah. You could just tell Justin Thomas had a little had a little swag, and and uh, you know none of the other guys were were really in control. And um, I still though Justin Thomas, how far do you think I could throw him? I could pick him up. He can't weigh more than 155 pounds. Talk about a guy. No. How far could you throw him? About a foot and a half. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, it's you know it's well, not bad, what, right? He made the, what uh, hole did he make? That probably you know a couple inches farther than I got. Yeah. <laughs> He made eagle on what hole on the back? eleven, eleven. I feel like when he made that eagle putt, it was like this dude's he's rolling. Yeah, because he, he birdied nine, ten. Eagles yeah. eleven, birdies twelve. You're like, oh wow, that was fast. <laughs> he yeah. was he was in control of his game Sunday. How there about- was no one else that was really in the game with him. They tried to make it a little bit of a tournament late there with Westwood and DeChambeau getting back into having an, a statistical chance, but they never really. I never really thought they were in it. I think Justin just looks so in control. And mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly, I'm happy to see him get back on top. I'm happy to see him put some stuff behind him. Uh, I think it was. And you picked him. Um, I'm happy that I picked him and got paid. <laughs> but good with, dude. with that being said, um, I, I'm, I'm just happy to see him put some stuff behind him. I think the guy's got a great career. Uh, I don't was, I don't want to see it end on something stupid like what happened. I'm not saying I'm not negating what happened. I'm not I'm not lessening the um, uh, the comments, of, uh, the severity yeah. of yeah. what happened. But I am happy to see him move past and continue a great career. It was his 14th career tournament win, which is incredibly impressive for a player at his age. Um, I think that quite frankly i just want to see him continue his career we're, we've been watching a lot of good golf from him and i want to watch more of it moving forward he's one of the best iron uh, players and you're, you're players. talking like he's I, like going somewhere where's he going yeah well he almost was we looked at a couple of tournaments where he was not playing well and you got to think that what happened at the genesis or i'm sorry no the sony um had something to do with that oh, i think it did as it should have you know 
So all then again, his grandfather passed away a couple days after that too. So that's going to mess with him, not just you know the slur. Um, Long story short, I'm just happy to see him back on. He's he's my favorite for Augusta. How about how about this? How about this stat? You just commented on it, McLean. 14 PGA Tour titles, right? Only four guys have won that many tournaments by the age of 28. Can you name those four players? Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, Johnny Miller. Johnny Miller is the is the four. Johnny fourth. Miller. Oh God. You know, it's funny. You talk about blaming stuff, you know, guys blaming stuff on, you know, everything else. Y'all remember the Shell's wonderful world of golf when he him and Jack at that. Olympic? That was I mean, no. that was almost hard to watch. <laughs> it felt uncomfortable. Oh God. I, you know, do you guys I don't know if you you probably remember this, but this is like when the golf channel came out, this is like in the mid to early nineties. That's how I got into playing golf. I was stuck at home in the summer. I was like four, 13, 14 years old, and Golf Channel had just, had just come out. And only thing they played on rerun over after rerun after rerun was Shell's Wonderful World of Golf. And I would sit inside and watch these, these old classics, and that was one of them with Johnny Miller just freaking complaining like it was going out of style. But, I mean, you the the, the – the content was incredible because you're the best man. You got to really, they would talk while they were playing. You got to see exactly what they're doing. The ones with Sam Sneed, Sam Sneed did one. He topped one or shanked one. And I was like, Holy cow. It's like Sam Seed can shank one. And he's, you know, won 82 times on the PGA tour. I was like, man, we all got a shot, right? (laughs) Not really. Not really. Uh, No, but I, I, that was such a cool series, especially the old ones when, you know, what was the guy, Jack Whitaker? Was that his, was that his name? Who, was doing like the, the uh, commentary. I don't know, but it was just, I don't know. I, it was, it had a lot of kind of nostalgia. Uh, they always they played great. some cool places. Um, and you saw how bad the condition of the golf courses were yeah. like 50 years ago. You're like, holy cow. Like, how did they yeah, play? Them? Oh, yeah. It was terrible. The ball's rolling there. and you can see it just bouncing. You see the ball bouncing. And I was like, oh, gosh. Like, that's a, that's why a lot music. of those guys, isn't it? Why, like, so Bobby Jones is a good example, you know, kind of took it inside and kind of came down on, t- you know, on top of it. But, well, they also had to try to spin the ball to get up here in the air. Plus the, thing, plus, the ball wasn't sitting up so perfect, so you kind of had to kind of hit down on it. So, I mean, it was a hey. Oh, they they may not have had tees in that day and age, huh? He's <laughs> piled that little sand, little sand yeah, pile. Yeah. Sand you were talking about some talent. Like, I, I wouldn't play golf. I'd be like, hold on, I gotta put a b- little sand and put my ball on it, and then hit it with this wooden club and wearing a tie. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not doing yard work before I tee off. What is this? <laughs> yeah, man. If you put all the greats, I mean, this is a, an impossible question, but if you put all the greats in the same era with the same equipment, Ooh. I mean, who do you think? I mean, if you put Ben Hogan, Bobby Jones, Sam Snead, Tiger, Byron Nelson, Jack, Walter you know, Hagen. Walter Hagen, you put all these guys, and then you know, let's say Justin Thomas, D- Dustin Johnson, Rory. You put all these guys in the same field. I mean, who wins? Well, I mean, I think I think realistically, Trevino through five stays the same. <laughs> the positions might train a little bit. Oh, Trevino, yeah, Trevino. He's the most manipulative of anything. He could do anything with the golf ball he wanted to. He's a magician. Um, that's a great question, Jay, because it's like I think there's guys that are that would we consider great that it might've affected them negatively, you know, like there's yeah. no question. We were talking about this. We talked about this off the pod, you know, or on it last week. I don't know, but you know, playing like blades, for example, if you play blades, you know, you're going to figure out how to hit them solid or you're going to quit. Right. 
And if you go, if, especially if you're a good player and you go to some big kind of chunky cavity backs or, you know, some, some shovels, you know, you'll get a little sloppy. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I just wonder if. Yeah. So Jay, what, what error are we putting them in? Right. Well, that's, so that's, that's my, that's my question. Like, so if we were to take all the, all the grades for the history of the game and then you break them up and say, okay, who's, you know, if you take Tiger and put him back in Bobby Jones era in the twenties and thirties, forties, and give him, you know, hickory shafts and, you know, gutta percha balls or whatever they were using back then, like, you know, how do you think he would do? I mean, it's, again, it's an impossible question, but it's kind of fun to think about, like to just to debate, like who would dominate across the board for all of those, for all of those, those time for all those generations. Sam Snead. If you put Sam Snead in today's game, he'd win every other week. I mean, I, 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 maybe I feel not you. though. You know, I, I don't know. He it's, was, it's, he, it's hard. He, he's the father of the modern swing. I mean, I know, in my opinion, I know Ben Hogan has a little bit of that, but Sam Snead was the first guy to have that long, flowing. I mean, his swing today, if you were to, if a guy swung like that on tour, you would still watch him be like, man, that dude swings good. Well, I think oh, he was yeah. the first. The, I think he was the first traditional swing that that also embodied power and control mm-hmm. behind it. It was the first time we'd ever seen someone that was both traditional and natural that put the club in every every position that you wanted to see it in. And I mean that from an attractive standpoint. When you look at the golf swing, you're like, sure. "Wow, that's the position I think the golf club." should go in but he yeah. just happened to do it naturally well yeah. most guys natural swings don't allow them to put the clubs in those positions um but he's one of those very few examples to where you look back at a ben hogan and a sam sneed i mean give give me another example of, of where that is i mean you but, could you could argue i mean the loose hazen maybe is the modern example of that but who else the only the only person that i would argue tom would be th- would be Jack only because totally. he dominated in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and then he won. He won. You don't. You don't think Tiger's in that conversation of all those guys? I, I mean, mean, the ninety-seven I, I, yeah. is. Who, who had the bigger equipment changes during their career? It was the equipment changes that happened during Jack's career versus the equipment changes that happened during Tiger's. Like, I'd be really interesting to to kind of see what that I really. Mean, Tiger was. probably had more equipment changes. Yeah. I mean, technolo- technology just skyrocketed, right? Jack used yeah. the same clubs forever, like the yeah. whole time. Like nothing really, there was no real technological, no, no innovation. Yeah. The guy that probably saw it the most would have been Davis Love the third, who started in his early 90s. Well, even Tom, your dad saw it too. Um, he played in that age, but Davis Love the third came out on tour using Persimmons and then was he won with the most. I mean, when's the last time he, what he won five he won or six years guy. ago? He's one of the last guys to switch up from Persimmon. Exactly right. That's exactly right. But he won five or six years ago with the most yeah. modern technology, but also won with Persimmon technology. I mean, he right. was the long ball right. hitter with the Persimmon back in the day when he came out on tour. He was the longest on tour. You know, that's a great point. All right. Name another player other than him that played with Persimmon and has – you know, one in the last, you know, however many years, like think about it, it, it's probably him. Like there's nobody that I don't know. There's anyone else. Yeah. Right. I mean, think about it. Like that's crazy. Cause everybody that played with persimmon. Maybe VJ. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. When, when VJ would be maybe the next six, seven, eight years. Has he, I mean, not on the PGA tour. Didn't he win like no. 11 times one year or something. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one year he had was in just absurd. The crazy thing, and like we don't even really talk about him. Like he's and that was during the Tiger. That was that's why we don't talk about him. That's why we don't because he just got overshadowed. He won eleven times. Hey Tom, remember when uh, BJ's son was just that little fat kid, and then all at all the tour events, and then all of a sudden he turned into he got skinny and he like became something. Yeah. I remember back in the day at the tour events that I mean you were at a lot more than I was, but regardless, I'm really gonna be like oh, look at that little pudgy kid. Uh, he has to sit at the range all night till 10 p.m. till his dad gets down hitting golf. And that was like six five, lean and ripped. Oh yeah, exactly. you know his other uh, Drew Love the same way. I remember we played with him that father son thing one year, and like he was, you know, like up to my you know belly button, this little kind of little pip squeak. And then I felt like like two years later, he's six five, and you know, hitting it all over the map. <laughs> Um, is Drew Love playing anywhere right now? Is he? I, don't, I, don't I think know. he's got status. Is Where? Corn Ferry. No shit. Good for him. I Good. think he does. Mike, Mikey, are you on it? I see I, you. I'm, I'm doing your job over here. I'm trying. That researcher. Uh, I'm just. I'm. We're just glad to have you, Mikey. Quite frankly. <laughs> Thanks for having me, boys. Nah, Appreciate the invite. Asset. You're an asset to. Uh, all so what's gonna with, with Bryson? All right. So there's a lot of people saying that. You know, there's a if he keeps going the way he is, a a big injury is inevitable. What is it going to be? Like, is it a knee? Is it a, you know, he's going to blow a a gasket? I mean, what, what's he, what's going to happen? I mean, I think the injury comes in when he gets lazy. Finally, and he's he so smart. His huge brains are just going to explode. No, McLean, you hit the nail on the head. Any any you look at any NFL athlete, uh, NBA. A athlete track stars that these soft tissue injuries come when they when they're tired and they get a little they don't they're not doing it on purpose but they get they get a little lazy and then their body kind of doesn't react as quickly as it should and then you blow something out i mean that's that or or overtraining or overuse certain muscles which he's doing both. soft tissue because I, I think all i have is soft tissue <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like a soft, like a soft tissue, like a ligament or a non-contact oh, tissue, opposed to like a, a bone or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, true. I mean, I mean, it. You know, again, I don't wish that on anybody. I mean, I hope that never happens. I don't want him to have an an injury like that. But and we talked about this a little earlier. I mean, he's you know, Mike, you even commented he's losing weight. Um, you can't his his frame. He's six foot, and he came on tour. He's six foot one ninety. Uh, you you can't add forty pounds of muscle. And it's not his, his body frame is not built that way. So can't all of a sudden, that. you can't maintain that walking, you know, ten miles a day on the golf course and then hitting balls all day, all night like he does. Like you, you just you're just expending too many calories. He cannot keep up that that type of size. So again, that's what scares me more than anything is that overexertion. You know, hitting swinging at a you know a hundred and you know thirty miles an hour plus that many times over and over. Um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely on the edge, you know, and, and mentally he's on the edge. Like you can see how much stress he puts on himself when he's playing. Like he topped that ball on what, what hole was it? Two or three or what was it? What, what four? four? He topped the ball and they hit another bad shot. And he's like, Oh my God, what's happening? What's going on? You know, like he's just, you can just tell that he's just mentally just overexerted himself. It's like, he puts so much effort into this and he just, it's, it's just going to wear him out. Like he's going to wear out. He's got to. So I, I got to get change subject here. I got to get, cause I know McLean's chomping at the bit for this topic here. Um, yep. Here he's sitting up in his chair. 
So real, real fast too, for all our listeners, if you haven't seen the video, search Jimmy Johnson, who is Justin Thomas's caddy. I thought it was just an awesome clip I sent to you guys when he was in the scoring area, was walking out, glanced at the payout and noticed how much he was going to make. And he did a quick 10% of 2.7 million. He was pretty excited. But anyways, I thought that was got that math. Yeah, I can figure out that one. Uh, It's a pretty, (laughs) pretty good week for Karen back. But the other big video that came out on social media, which the PGA Tour has done their best to try to scrap from the annals. But um, where would you just say (laughs) from annals? Okay. (laughs) Not what you thought I said. I was like, I, I don't know if I want to proceed with this stuff. <laughs> and that's not how you say it. Anyway. Don't, Where are you pulling that? Don't Google that. <laughs> oh, sorry. I the got PGA it. Tour scrapped from existence. They tried to scrap from existence. But so every shot this weekend was recorded. And the PGA Tour even warned the players. They sent a text out like, hey, guys, every shot is going to be recorded. Watch what you say and do. Well, the hot mics and the videos pick up. Was this Sunday or Saturday? This was Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday. Saturday. Picked up a lot. Spieth and Morikawa are on the 11th hole. Spieth gets up there and just rips one. And Rory Sabatini's up on the edge of the fairway rough line. And it hits a tree like right above his head. And the mics catch Spieth saying, you know, they were like, oh, God, I didn't see anyone there. And then he realized it was Sabatini. And he goes, oh, I couldn't have picked a worse guy to hit into. (laughs) And then... And then they start talking some more, and I hear Jordan Spieth say, well, at least he likes me. I'm one of the few guys he likes out here. <laughs> Dude, I haven't seen this. And then it goes into, then they start talking some more, and Morikawa starts talking about how Sabatini has like a thing for his girlfriend and said, hey, I saw your girlfriend today, and I said, hi. Morikawa's like, my girlfriend's not here in town. What, did you FaceTime her or something? And like it was like kind of like creepy factor. It, it was it was awesome. You gotta it's I'm sure someone has it out there on the on the internet. You gotta go watch it. It's like two and a half minutes, but it's worth your time. It's fantastic. But I know Mr. Hey. McLean Boy just loves Rory Sabatini. Like right. we talked about I only though. I'll have let you... three words. Easy, easy with the F bombs, okay. That. And Mr. Strange, please cover your ears. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> That's all. Guys, who's next? Take it away. Oh, I, no, I mean, <laughs> I think we, we talked about this last week, but um, if you get Bryson DeChambeau and Jordan Spieth mic'd up for 18 holes, just those two guys, you could have very little, you know, very little input from the commentators in 18 and 17th green. Which and I would, it would love. Be, it would be super entertaining because Jordan Spieth is a, like a very neurotic guy, and so is Bryson. They're just – they, they, it's like nervous energy. They, that's the way they talk. And it's like, I mean, it's entertaining. I mean, I like listening to them kind of the banter between them and a caddy. And it's, it's funny, you know, to watch, I, I think it would be pretty entertaining. It wouldn't surprise me if they go to those guys in the next, I mean, this is not new. I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, this is obviously something that Zinger brought up, but I mean, I, I think everyone probably knows it as well, but it wouldn't surprise me if the PGA tour said, you know what? Hey guys, we're, we'll pay you a hundred grand. Just let us mic you up for this whole day, and let's just see what happens. Well, so they tried let's that. Let's do little it. Bit. And put it on HBO. Yeah. Well, so though they tried coming out of quarantine, they were trying to do some different things with the telecast to try to spice it up with no fans, and they had you know they had less. A lot of these networks had less people covering the event there on site, and so they were trying to do some things. And I remember a couple guys did it that were not big names. Uh, Ricky Fowler did it one time, but it sounds like a lot of these guys do not want it. 
mic'd up whatsoever. Oh, no. They don't. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to bribe them. You have to pay them. I mean, those are that's a those those are private conversations. I mean, the stuff that you would hear between a player and a caddy. I mean, you talk about foul language. I mean, and just just the risk doesn't outweigh the risk. Yeah, I mean, they're talking about all kinds of stuff that you probably shouldn't repeat. But it's just these guys talking, and that's that's what gets them. It kind of deflects from the situation, and they get rid of the the nerves. But I mean, yeah, most of these guys do not want to be mic'd up at all. But it would be entertaining to have it. I mean, I don't. I mean, I've heard this stuff, you know, firsthand, and it's pretty funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would be good. That was a, just a classic video. I'm gonna find it uh, online. And I'll send it to you, Tom. Jay, did you see it? Uh, I didn't. No, I saw that you sent it, and I, I was doing it's, something. I didn't click on it. Forgot about it. But oh man, it's 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 good. It's funny stuff. But um, yeah, I guess Rory Sabatini. The players just. They don't realize that the mics are going. I got Jordan on a couple f bombs this week because you could tell they're just not used to having those microphones where they are. Well, look, uh, no. So on that, like, I almost forgot. So it was at Sawgrass, and I don't know, eighty something or ninety something. Um, my old man was not a fan of that golf course, to say the least. He hated it, and you know, was very vocal about it. So. This is right about the time, you know, those big boom mics that can pick up, you know, everything from like before that you were good. Well, here come the boom mics. So anyway, he's not playing well. Coming up 18, hits another, it's a bad approach shot and proceeds from his second shot to the green to MF everything he can think of. And they had the boom mic on him the whole time. And, you know, I, he, it was a, I hate this effing course. I hate this effing game. I hate my effing life. Like it was, I mean, I actually just tried to Google it. Surprisingly, I can't find it. Um, but like, is it not on the internet anywhere? I don't know, man. I mean, it's uh, God, it's so good. I mean, I, I, that's not fair. Like, he was, you know, you should not fair. The internet should have that for us. Yeah. Well, you know what? Also, but you can't judge it. You can't judge him on that. I mean, anybody, any of these guys. I mean, again, like I said, you're in the moment. You're being competitive, and and you talked about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago, McLean. Like, if you mic'd up some of these NFL players and these NBA oh. guys, and you you heard the language, uh, it would uh, you you would you would lose a lot of fans real fast. Um, so, I mean, well, they're, they're competing. You know, it, it's, it's delay, I'm not saying it's right, but I I, I do side with them a little bit because I've been there, and you just you get the game is so hard. It's so hard and you get like you catch you catch somebody at the wrong moment. It's just it's totally taxing and just really challenges you mentally where you just have one moment where you slip up. And now that's what's that's going to be remembered well, forever. Tom, it sounds like your mother needs to have a discussion with someone in her own household, not just us. Yeah, you think? Um, no, but it. so I'm pretty sure that there's a delay so in the coverage, and they do it on purpose because yeah. the idea was to be able to catch this stuff. So when you hear a guy drop a MF on TV, like they could have, they could have stopped. They could have stopped. But like, so that sometimes does bother me. Like, you know, if you had the opportunity to cut away and not, you know, have this guy drop, like, then you should do that as a, you know, the producer or whoever the hell is doing on the TV. Um, and they used to. That was the thing. It, it's kind of like. The, the media as a whole these days, you know, let's get on all that right now. Let's go. Um, but, you know, they used to protect the players. Yeah. Now they're out to, you know, out to get them, sing them out. And it's, you know, Jay, you, how would you do 
with a mic for 18 holes in not like you're 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 mellow now but like in in that in that that window there i mean yeah i mean played I, on, I, you played on the I, edge yeah i mean i was i yeah i was competitive i was fiery i mean i wanted i loved it and um you know i grew up with a football coach as a father so um you know that was some of those words are you know i'm not condoning the use of that but it was for some people it was a way to motivate um and, and I, I condone they, it yeah i mean no i mean <laughs> but i mean for us i was used to hearing it because it, for me it was a way like somebody was there trying to motivate me you know get me ready and i would do that to myself like all right jay and you know you know i'd say whatever expletives kind of talking to myself trying to get myself fired up you know but to somebody else you're like oh i can't believe he would use that language and i, and I get it they have every right to say that but that was what I needed to do. I, to be honest with you, when I didn't say anything, my best rounds were where I was really hard on myself and I was really like talking totally. shit to myself. I would get I would get myself ready to go and fired up and I'd get real focused. But when I would try to act super calm and super plain and try to keep it in, I played terribly. Um, and play it, just, I mean, I'm sure you gotta stay true to yourself. Yeah, there's a healthy balance there. Obviously, you don't want to, you know, embarrass yourself or disrupt your players that you're playing with. I mean, there's a certain element where if you're constantly, you know, going nuts and you got a guy getting ready to hit a shot, it's like, all right, dude, be respectful. You, you know, never, you never, you never cross the line. Now, look, there was some times that you know I was playing with you and and I was I got scared. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, here you go. <laughs> we used to call it. We said those Jay, and then there was James. We had James yeah. when James would come out. But you know what you would always do to you'd like you'd blow up and then we always kind of knew it's like, all right, here he goes. Like he's he's ready now. This is when you know he's like, damn it, I'm gonna birdie every hole coming in. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean you, you just might. That was your way. I mean, for me, that was the way to get myself motivated. Um, and you know, it took a while to figure out different ways, healthier ways to get motivated than to kind of have those type of eruptions. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I get those guys who get like that. They're like your dad was saying uh, when we talked to him a few weeks ago, I mean, it's it in the moment, like you're you. passionate, you want to play well. Are you, are you condoning, you know, some of those actions? No, but you know, Hey, you can't, you can't expect a guy to live on the edge and play with passion. And and then when they do tell you how they think and how they feel, then you criticize them. And again, I, I'll use this an analogy for these NFL guys, you know, people want to watch these guys, you know, almost decapitate another human being on the field, as long as it's legal. But all of a sudden, if they make an illegal hit, they're like, Oh, he's a dirty player. I'm like, come on, you can't expect this guy to go like, with all that testosterone, you want this guy to rip this guy's head off as long as it's legal, which you, most most viewers don't even know what that is. Um, but then all of a sudden he makes a hit on a guy that, you know, maybe, you know, you get these spearing calls now and a guy, a defender goes and maybe doesn't move his head far enough to the side and then, and he gets ejected. You're like, oh, yeah, kick him out. He's dirty. He's a dirty player. And it's like, no, you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't have a guy – you know, play at that level and then uh, expect him to be able to turn it on and off. You can't yeah. do that. The same hey. thing with, with these guys out there. They're, if you want them to be passionate and you want the personality, then you got to take the good with the bad, you know? I got an idea. Got it. Take the helmets off football. Mm -hmm. with, you know, everybody said that, but put them on golfers. Boom. Who wins? Who if, would you take? Like, And you, once every round, you can go just spear your playing partner. 
All right, so are we ready for our new segment? Yeah. Nah, you don't put me on me. But I do like, like that. This is this would be a great lead. If you could take the PGA Tour field and you put a helmet on them and they have the option of Battle Royale hearing, hearing another player before they hit, who who wins the PGA Tour event? Oh man. It's you know, that's really good. A battle royale. Everybody puts a helmet on, you play your game. Full contact golf. Yeah. You just you, somebody it, might be in the tree, especially like you're playing bad. You be like, you I know think, what? I'm gonna quit. I'm just gonna start kicking people's ass. I think <laughs> I think I think Bryson does. He's massive, and I think he's got a screw loose. Yeah, but he probably think, runs out of gas. He probably gets tired. Bryson, Bryson would be like a middle linebacker in the NFL. He's like that guy's like, nah, I don't know about that guy, but I kind of want him <laughs> on my team. Yeah, yeah. I think he's yeah. really missing something. You don't want to play against him, but you you want him on your team. Yeah, Bryson's a guy that if you do this and you're playing with him, you got a helmet on. You're like, hey, Bryson, hey, we're friends, right? We're friends, right? Right? Yeah. Who who dies first? <laughs> hey, buddy, how you doing? Peter Malnati. Peter, can I get you Peter, a sandwich? I think Peter's pretty fast, though. I got a I got a good feeling that he Peter, was on my list earlier when we were talking about fast guys. He's on my list for fast. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's uh cross country fast though. I think he, I don't know if he's sprinting that fast. fast. <laughs> But I think I think if you had to do the long haul, I think he could speed golf. I think he'd win, hundred percent. He's super athletic guy. Yeah, he could he could he could win speed golf. Speed golf. Yeah. Um, All right. So real quick, we mentioned quickly a new segment that we're thinking about adding to the podcast, and I think we need to open it up to the listeners. Maybe run a little poll on Instagram this week. Uh, we want to do something. I think similar to the strange corner. We might we if you guys have better names, submit them to our Instagram page this week. But we we really feel like we need to give Tom his two minutes to really give us the breakdown of life and the breakdown of the golf industry every week. And whether or not whether or not our listening public wants to hear it, we're gonna have two polls out there. We're gonna have one. Do you want to hear Tom's take every two every podcast for we give him a two minute segment? And should it be called the strange corner or Give us a better name, public. We're we're putting it out on Instagram this week. We have a one week segment. We're going to make a decision on next week's episode. Um, let's see where it goes. Tom, Does Tom. It, so since I just threw you out there like that, how you feel yeah. about that? Let's get I, um, I have a, another good name. How about a bad idea? <laughs> uh, look, I'm in. Look, I, you know, talk about putting yourself out there for our you know 150 listeners. There's probably people out here that know y'all and don't know me, and they're going to go, "What's wrong with that guy?" <laughs> all right yeah so um i got a couple of good ones all right so i'm really hung go. up on this on the, the depth of 17 pine okay like I, we need to figure this out can we can, can we like i think maybe we need to go down there sneak out on the course <laughs> do a little, little swimming um yes on point. that note you know how many golf balls go in the water on 17 per year according to the pga tour wait for the tournament or just no, it just it play every day play. You finance your kids' college fund with the amount of golf balls that go in there. Oh, easily. I got it right here. I'm looking at it. Guess. Come on, give me some guesses. So how many number of golf balls go in that pond? Ten thousand. No, nah, way more than that. Way more. I have no idea. Like two hundred twenty five thousand. I was gonna say two hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. Hundred thousand golf balls. Like there's stuff to pile up. Like if you jumped in right there, you would just land on golf balls. <laughs> like, that's it. Can you imagine? There must be a constant scuba diver. You know, we have a scuba diver that comes out like once a year to the foundry to clean out all our ponds and 
Yeah, they, they, for, they sell the golf balls and they send us like a dime for every ball they take, whatever. There must be someone just constantly in that pond out at Sawgrass. Their scuba diver shows up in a Rolls Royce Cullinan and gets yeah. out, and that's how he that's how he scoops golf balls. But think about it. You know, if you're playing Sawgrass, you, you're probably not playing a pinnacle. Um, that's yeah. true. No, it's Maybe like five hundred bucks around. Do you see what that tee time is right now at peak time? Seven hundred and twenty dollars. It's the most expensive tee time on the planet. Yeah, right that's now. absurd. I'm sorry. I'm not paying that to play golf. Okay, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Not play. doing it. I don't like that golf course. I played it once for like free, but oh, okay. Free for I'm, free, free. I don't think I'm. I'm not paying seven hundred dollars to play anywhere other than Augusta. Other than Augusta or Pine Valley, if I had to play it, I'd feel bad at Pine Valley, but Augusta, I understand. But like $700 to play golf, we're just too accustomed to not having to like, we're, we're sluts when it comes to that. We're, I do it for Cyprus. Cyprus. Okay. Cyprus. Yeah. That's an argument worth having. Absolutely. You could throw that on that list, but there's very few courses where I'm going to sit there and be like 700 to go play 18. Meh. All right. You can play Cyprus. It's going to cost you $700. Or you can play Cyprus for free, but you have to play blindfolded. I'll take blindfolded. No, I'm paying the money. Yeah, that was a little too much. I mean, that was, yeah. And why are you playing blindfolded, McLean? You're going to shoot a million. You're not going to see anything. You're going to fall off a cliff into the ocean. Guys, I got to be honest. I kind of want to try this because I have a feeling I would hit it probably about the same. How about how about you have to play left-handed so you can see the course, but you can't really enjoy it because you're playing. See, now that's a great argument, Jay. That's a great argument. I kind of like that, and I think I would play left-handed for free because I think I can on a normal golf course. I think I can break ninety-five playing left-handed. I actually, have Whoa, okay. challenge, story, challenge, story. You challenge. Get your ass to Richmond right now. I'll come to the foundry. Sounds I'll break like, hundred at the foundry playing left-handed. Garrett, sounds like a YouTube video. Oh, I can hit it to 60 off the tee left-handed. And I smoke the I smoke the putting, I'm probably fucking better. Chipping, I'm definitely better. Uh my, my <laughs> iron game, my iron game. This doesn't say a lot about your right-handed game. Uh, so so what you're saying is Tom, you that's shoot. Why I sell golf clubs. <laughs> I don't use them. I sell them. Um okay, uh, that sounds like we need to do this. Yeah, we need to this set up has, this has to happen. We're gonna do this. We're gonna get us we're gonna get a uh, standard bear. I'll be the standard bear. We'll get one, and we'll. Uh, there's no oh, way you break a ninety-five. No, hundred. Call yeah, 100. he changed whoa, it. Whoa, He's whoa, our, okay. uh, yeah. It's five strokes. Let it go. Hey, oh, you know what? I'm picking the whole locations at the foundry that day, pal. Everybody puts in a no, hundred bucks. No, no, we're not playing tough day. It's not tough day. I got to be honest. If if you if we sell a hundred left-handed, guaranteed. How break long before we, we quit? We we went out there with well, the first hole. We'd be like, yeah, left-handed. About the sixth hole, we'd all be like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I don't know stupid. that I could make. I'd be like, dude, making bogeys isn't that fun. But I'd be, I'd be, it'd be all good. Be like, I do this right-handed. Why am I doing it left-handed? That would be. Right. Fun. I would love to do that. Right, I, we're in. I would, we're in. Uh, I we're making, we're, we're making this happen. I'm gonna have to fly up from Florida. Yes, <laughs> you're I'm going in. to. You have to now. Golly, so. I headed down to the Sunshine State. So strangers corner, we um, you guys kind of sprung it on me, and I totally dropped the ball. That was uh, no, that's all right. We're you know oh, we're we're workshopping we'll, we'll it. We're workshopping it in week. real time. Yeah. We'll bring it back next week with some uh, with some. We're vengeance. taking a poll for if anyone has a better name of strangers corner. We're going to ask strangers corner. We're going to take audience poll. It's going to be we'll various different things. Tom's in a trivia. Ask us stupid. Would you rather questions? Tom's would tenth. you? 
I like Tom's yeah. take. I think we also need to we need to implement like a little um, like punishment for so you know if you win the our DraftKings thing you make a little money but if you finish last I think there needs to be a little you know like yeah. you got to talk you got to talk with an English accent. We'll so okay time. we'll we'll start yeah. with last week. How'd you do? No, no, I actually I I would like to put my <laughs> lineup against all of them out there because I don't see how it could get any worse. I had. How many? I had five guys miss a cut, and one he couldn't miss a cut because he didn't even play. He quit. <laughs> no, hey, no, I like Mikey's on to something though. You have to give it with an accent, and we get to pick what accent it, it is. Okay, so yeah. Give your picks the next week. Whoever finishes last after gives their picks the next week with whatever accent we choose. Oh, this is that's gonna be awful. God, that's yeah, but it's gosh, good. I hope I, I hope I just win or not finish last. All right, so next week we'll uh, we'll figure out a uh, a penalty or a punishment for our uh, last place contestant on the uh, on the DraftKings. Uh, we'll we'll bypass Tom this week in his Ofer appearance. We'll give you we, that one. You talk about Mikey. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that we can't even talk about that. Also, man, Mikey, can, you know, I know we've talked about this. Can we open it up to our listening audience? Let's just go ahead and open this thing up. Like let's do ours or let's do ours and let's open another one up. We'll do a five dollar with ours, five dollars with them, or ten. Oh my 10, god! Or I thought you were talking about like let's open up the phone lines. Let's uh, gotta gotta yeah yeah it's, it's five five six nine golf. I didn't know where let's he was see, going. One eight hundred five six nine golf. No, we should who, let's we should fake that one week. We can like, we can get hey, some callers. We can work on that. Let maybe maybe for next week we'll yeah. get it going. Um since this won't get out till Wednesday, the day before the tournament. So next week, we'll try to get it going. We are working on some merch, some hats and some t-shirts. So maybe we can do some Instagram giveaways and, um, shirts look good, man. Shirts. Yeah. The shirt's going to look good. We'll, we'll throw a shirt for someone if, if they win and we'll try to get together a, uh, an emergency nine public DraftKings So anyone can join in and we'll, there'll be some dinero on the line and, and some, emergency nine swag as well so um this week we have the honda classic at pga national jay's favorite spot down there in florida the bear trap if you will of course it's uh not the greatest field (laughs) this week tough golf course it sounds like i was reading today some of the rough is a little down which might actually make the golf course a little firm and faster they're saying i think the wind's going to be up so I think that again, we've had a good run of of kind of some tough golf courses here on the PGA Tour, and this is just another one. So, um, Sung J M is your defending champion, I believe. Highest ranked player on DraftKings too. Most expensive. yep. Daniel Berger's in the field um, from right there. A lot of these guys are now living down that area in the Palm Beach area, Jupiter area. So, home game for a few of them. So. Who wants to go first with their picks for the Honda Classic, which is a fun event, by the way. I went there last year, hung out with the Bear Trap all day, uh, watched Grayson Murray make a hole-in-one on 17. Nice. But, um, yeah, who wants to go first? Is that McLean, was that your hand? The the winner? I'm ready. The right, winner I'll, from the Players' Championship? Did that happen? I can't That's, remember, hey, guys. Hey, I remember. I remember the first uh, time I had a good pick. <laughs> it was my first time, so that's why I'm really trying to relish in it. Like I'm really, I'm really excited. Um, but let's go ahead and get started. So um, I got lucky with my guys last week, even with a miscut. Um, 
still was able to duke it out with you guys. But going into this, week, really, it was just me and you. It, I know, I know. I, I I wasn't getting to that. I was going to give Jay and Tom a little bit more credit than they deserve. I don't think I don't think you can do any worse than I did, unless everybody withdrew. Statistically, <laughs> it's almost not possible to do never worse. teed off. Yeah, uh, if you could have picked alternates, you'd have done as well as you did. Yeah, probably. So, all right, all right. This what week, got? this week, bringing it in hot, <laughs> top money guy, Daniel Berger. Like him a lot. Feel really good about what he's doing going into this week. Um, he's been playing really good. Sun JM's the top money guy. Really like him, but I just, I don't think he's going to defend. Um, moving from there. Going down to Chris Kirk at $9,000. Chris has been playing well. He was in a little bit of contention last week. He didn't play great uh, with a 79 on Sunday, but his last few starts, uh, he was in contention, shot 79. He was eighth at the Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill, 16th at Pebble Beach. Um, the guy just seems like he's playing pretty well. Uh, from there, I'm going down to the kid, Doug Gim. Um, I know Mikey's a big fan of this guy. He's been playing some really solid golf when you look back at his stats. Uh, 29th last week with a 78 on Sunday. The only thing I don't like is his last two Sundays have been 78 and 81. Well, you know what? He ain't gonna be playing on this coming one. I'll tell you that right now. You want some of that? A dollar. <laughs> uh, sold, sold. Um, $1. all right. So from there, uh, he he has played well. He did well at the AT and T Farmers Insurance 37th Amex tied for fifth. Uh, trending in the right direction. Hoping to see some good golf from him. Um, moving down a little bit further, I'm taking Phil the thrill, uh, talk about a guy at $7,400. He hasn't been playing great, but he's moving back and forth. But at the same time, the guy's comfortable everywhere. He's going to hit so many water balls at that place. Probably MC hammer for him. You're making me question my pick. I may change that. So TBD, (laughs) TBD on that pick. Um, it's, it's Tuesday. So I got some time. Um, next pick, Adam Long. Adam Long's been playing pretty well. Um, uh, 22nd last week at the players. Um, he, he nine of 14 cuts made, two top 10 so far this year. Um, but then moving next to that, the pick I've been trying to get to so fast, like I'm trying to run through these guys because I just want to tell you right now for $6,900 with four top tens and 10 for 10 and cuts made, I'm taking the legend, Jim Furyk. Wow. I'm surprised he's playing this week. You know it. I don't understand how he's ranked so low. The guy has 10 for 10 cuts, four top 10s, 80 fantasy points per game average or per tournament average, and he's only 6,900. It's the value bit of the century, boys. Is he under? Is he underrated? Is Jim Furyk underrated? At, without question, on this he's podcast, underrated no. his entire no. career. Not on this podcast. We're big Jim Furyk friends. Can we get some Furyk cats or Furyk shirts? Like, can we just go ahead and make this happen? Can we sponsor him? Would we need sponsorship first to be able to do that? That probably makes more sense. You remember uh, when he, was wearing, he used to wear them ugly, like button-down, silk-looking things? It paid well. It paid. Yeah, he he had more. He, he, dude, he looked like NASCAR back he in did. the day. Remember, he had the five-hour energy hat. See a Strata guy? He had one of those terrible Strata hats Absolutely. back in the day. Oh, Strata down here. I don't know what it was up there, but it's Strata. Hmm. All right, so my first, my first pick. I'm going with Daniel Berger. Uh, I love his, I love his swagger, and he's obviously had success there in the past. Next, Jim Furyk. I mean, got to go with my man Jimmy. Um, I mean. Made every cut, four top tens. The guy, he just prints money. He got a printing press down in his basement. I'm not talking in the microphone. Is that better? That's better. There you go. Um, Taylor Gooch. 
Good pick. Played, played well last week. The kid again. He's got he's got some swagger. Um, you know, he he believes in himself, which is awesome. He I didn't realize how good he was in in college. Uh, but anyway, all right. Next, Harry Higgs. Gotta love Harry. Yeah, yeah, that guy. He's um. I don't know I what to think, Harry. Harry, like I feel like the whole this whole Harry story, like he probably showed up looking kind of sloppy. And then it kind of like it just grown into this like thing. You're like, man, yeah. He just happened to oversleep and kind of semi drunk woke up one morning. And then now that's just his thing. Yeah. And people are like, man, look at that guy. He's just, he doesn't, he's chill. Like, no, he's hung over and he's he just had one rough shirt. night. And that's yeah. his shtick now. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that'd be tough. You just always got to look like you're hungover. <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of hungover, my next pick, Chris Kirk. That was not it. That was a terrible. Oh, pick. that's not All a right. good one. Too soon. Uh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. I'm sorry. Um, he uh, he's been playing a little bit better lately. Uh, cool story. You know he's um, he, he's overcome a lot and uh, it's easy to pull for. And then Steve Stricker, exactly there, another old guy. God, I was just thinking, man, this my my combined age has got to be more than y'all, which is I win points for that, right? You get suit, get two champions for a player on your team. Actually, yeah, so does McLean. He's got Phil and Fury. Steve Stricker's had he's got t- five top tens this week. I might have just switched well. Phil for Zach. I definitely just switched Phil for Zach. You can't do that. Zach Johnson. Yeah, but I, but I just did. Okay. All right. Well, that, that's fine. That's fine. Stated. Your your uh, your picks are void, um, but it's okay. Thank you. Especially <laughs> under protest for the week. <laughs> counts. All right, Jay Bird. You want to go? Or you want me to go? Uh, you go. You're still grinding over there. It looks like. Oh, grinding. This is a really tough field. I was looking at this earlier, and I had a hard time picking my team. Um, a couple names I'll knock off real fast because you guys have already picked him. Um, Berger and Kirk are on my team. It just jumped out at me pretty fast. Those two guys have been playing really well. Berger's obviously got a home game. Got to love that. Then we're going to go down to uh, Russell Knox. Been playing pretty well. A couple top tens. Scottish, so he likes to play in the wind. Could get pretty Great breezy down there. Good ball striker, which you're going to need. It's not the longest golf course, but um, I feel like all these golf courses they've been playing recently are, are kind of morphed towards the ball strikers. So we're going to go Russell Knox there. Hopefully it gets windy so he can handle that. Luke List is my next guy. If He came pretty close a couple of years ago. I want to say he was runner-up one year, maybe to JT, but plays well down there. I like him. Then we're going to go James Hahn. And where was he? Oh, sorry. So technically he's below somebody else, but James Hans on my team, four top tens this year, playing well, hits the ball pretty solid. And then last guy, Patton Kazire. Made a ton of cuts. PK. PK. Um, so yeah, there's my squad. Like I said, I really don't like it. I had a hard time picking this one. Um, not many big names and just uh just not very confident, but we'll see. Yeah, not a well, not a great week for uh, you know guys wanting to play. I think uh, opposite of a uh, next week is a WGC. Is that right? Yep. So just it's a it's a good week for these guys to, to take take off, take a breather. Yeah, it's a bad spot on the schedule, and it's a it's a hard golf course, and it beats you up. And it's like, man, do I really want to go do that to myself and you know take some confidence away? So I don't I don't blame some of the guys for for not for not playing, but uh, needless to say. Uh, a lot of the same names here on my lineup here. This was actually the lineup that I made before. 
for anybody made any picks. So uh, there's no real copycats here after you guys already made your picks. But uh, um, starting with Daniel Berger, obviously he's got a good, he's got some good history there, lives right there. No surprise here. He's, you know, good week last week. Um, dropped down to Cam Davis. Uh, yeah, I like that one. He actually had a he had a pretty poor week last week, but again, you know, I don't hold that against him. It, the TPC Sawgrass is just hard, and if you if you have a if you have a bad week or a little off, you can shoot some bad numbers and not really be playing that poorly. So, uh, well, he's, he's been playing well too, Jay. He's been he's been playing well for the he's most of the year, playing playing pretty solidly, and got a really good really good golf swing. Um, and you know, when at that golf course, you know, solid iron striking, uh, is, is a premium there. You really have to control your ball with the wind and some of these kind of funky little greens. So, and a lot of water. So needless to say, um, Cam Davis is in there. Taylor Gooch, another guy, great ball striker, great, great iron player, um, has been playing great. Obviously had a good week last week, uh, for the most part, uh, and finished, finished fifth. So, um, Got him in there. Uh, I got PK in there. My boy PK, uh, you know, he's been playing pretty solid. Nothing nothing spectacular. I mean, he top 10 at Sony, but, um, you know, the last five weeks, you know, making cuts, not doing anything uh, crazy, but but solid for the money. It's a, it's a solid pick, I feel like. Um, and I've dropped down to Denny McCarthy, one of the best putters on tour. I don't know if that's the recipe at uh, – at the PGA National, the greens are a little funky, in my opinion. No, those greens uh, suck. They, they're not great. I mean, and I feel like that's when you when you've got bad greens, that's it's not it's a disadvantage to a good putter. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm really loving this pick, but well, he, he was he was playing well through 36 holes last week, and then it, and that's that's 75 75 on the weekend. That's what I'm going on. He he started off well, so I feel like maybe he's trending the right way. Um, you know, three of his last five rounds are in the 60s, so I feel like he's getting something going. Um, needless to say, here we are. Um, and then to round it off, uh, at the bottom of the barrel, my boy, the junkyard dog, Jimmy Furyk. Wow, three of you guys picked Furyk. I mean, he's he's made 10 of 10 cuts. I, I mean, look at the look at the numbers. I mean, I, I granted the last three events were PGA Tour events, and then the, the events prior to that were Champions Tours. So that, those numbers are a little skewed. But I just like I like Jim Furyk on tough golf courses because he knows how to play this golf course. He's played it a bunch. He's not going to fold. He's gonna he's gonna hit fairways and greens, and he's a good putter, and he's going to get around. And he may not win, but I feel like he's going to finish top twenty five. So all right. I'm the only one not on the Furyk train. It's amazing. Not only okay, you know, it's hard enough to play that long and play that well for that long. But like, it's amazing you still get bored. Like you know, like shit for all those years, the same thing. Like, yeah, be like you know, I'm gonna go making money's fun. I'm gonna learn to paint. Yeah, ah man, these guys, it's like it's like an addiction, man. You get that that competitive juice. They just they can't do anything else. They can't help it. Like you know, they just have to do it. And he's he's such a competitor he's like i don't know what else to do yeah so well all right gents um to all of our listeners thank you for tuning in we're gonna have two episodes this week we just um recorded with a recent lpga tour winner we'll put that out as well as this episode and we're working on our merch and we will work on a fan 
open DraftKings contest for next week. And uh, we'll see if we can get that up and going. Just keep an eye out on our Instagram page. Please like, follow, subscribe, tell everyone about the show. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Later, boys. Bye. Bye.